everybody. Welcome back to You Can't Be Serious. This week, as always, this is Mitchell, joined with uh, my good friends here, Josh. Hey. And my good friend, Matt Tori. Hey, everybody. And so this week, uh, we're uh, going to tackle the uh, topic of a city that's uh, near and dear to me, and that city's uh, New York City. And uh, Josh, you had uh, a thought come to your head uh, over the past week. When it when you were talking about um, the way the city looks, like maybe like as you're driving in off the George Washington Bridge, you look down and you see the buildings and the skyscrapers and the skyline. Um, how do you interpret that that picture? You had an interesting thought on it. Well, so first off, I'm not going to take credit for this thought because <laughs> it's not mine. I was listening to a Fran Leibowitz talk, a fave, um, and she made a point that I just hadn't considered because I think one of the things about the city, everyone associates, you know, their respective home base of city with its skyline. And I think I have not truly absorbed all the different aspects of it because the point that had been made that clicked immediately after, after I, I had heard it and took a second to digest it was how New York was at one point in time and still kind of is very famous for the skyscrapers, you know, the big, tall buildings symbolizing the wealth of the city and, you know, the majesty of, of, of the new world and all that shit. You know, you got the Chrysler building and you got the um, Empire State building and how other nations saw the skyscrapers in New York and were like, I want to do that. And ended up trying, starting to try to erect their own skyscrapers. And most notably, this happened in the Middle East where you had these desert nations that got very wealthy, very fast on the back of oil, and then just started building up out of the fucking sand. And New York saw those skyscrapers and were like, well, shit, I want that. And now you have a combination of skyscrapers in New York that are old, original, like either art deco or Gothic skyscrapers mixed with this very like nouveau, like plastic ideal of what a skyscraper is that is a copy of a copy of New York. And there's like this second layer of like, I don't know, mistaken identity or, or influence. Yeah. Yeah. Within the city itself though, which is what I think to be so interesting because when you walk around New York and look at other parts of it, you know, there's um like, like, like the, the, uh, the arch, um, in, in Central Park, which his name is fucking escapes me. Um, very clearly a, a ode to, if not rip off uh, of the, um, the Arc de Triomphe in Paris. But that's what you get when you come to the city, because New York is an amalgamation of different eras of architecture, different styles from different nations, depending on who was contributing at the time. Um, but it's the skyscrapers that are so different because it's, it's not an homage, it's almost envy. And that's a really weird point, which makes a lot of sense, especially when you're down in like the financial district. Like, how do you, like Mitch, we are both New York sports fans. Um, when you go into the city and you, and you went to college in the city. Like what, what is your perception of looking around at like the buildings there? So the, when I, I think 
The buildings, I always had an interesting fascination with the buildings. I remember going to the city as a kid. Like, the like, you ever remember the first time you look up at those buildings, no matter what style they are? Is there something about, like, just, like, the sheer, the size of them? It's something that is always kind of breathtaking to me. Um, I always feel like when you're walking down Fifth Avenue and it's just this massive hall of buildings that are way taller than you. But in terms of the skyline itself in my four years there for me it, it symbolizes a lot of change because even in that small time that i lived in the city my view out my door had changed so rapidly in terms of buildings that were erect in the distance so where i was up in the bronx you were able to look down um off the top of my street you could see over into manhattan um the borough and I forget what it was that big condominium building that they built. Do you know which one I'm talking about? It's real narrow. It's real tall. It's like it's Not right on my head. No, it, it's right on billionaires row, row. So it's like right there on Fifth Avenue. It's got a park view in Central Park. Um, it's like some of the most expensive real estate in like all of New York City. It's like, you know, they're sp selling, you know, condos at four or five million dollars. And that, that might even be the lower end of it. So, for when I, some some parts of when I see it, I kind of see, I also see, not necessarily as much the culture aspect of it, which I think is very relevant. I hadn't thought about that myself until you had brought it up. How kind of like it's an influence of we were at one point in time trying to emulate that feeling that was provided when you go to a city that's in Europe now. With architecture changing, with the looks of buildings changing, now we're trying to kind of look a little bit more like we're from a uh, city from the Middle East. That's uh, it's true. I, it was something like I, I hadn't really thought about until you said that. But it's for me, it's kind of just like uh, it's one of those cycles of things that are in popularity. I think we see it a lot throughout history. You know what? Right now, that's what the tr that's what we kind of see as the trend is from at least what you're saying is like these newer futuristic style buildings are um popping up in the skyline yeah and i i think the thing odd about them is that it's not necessarily the futuristic quite aspect of it it's that and you know oh, for, actually first off because i remembered it while you were talking um the new york art Is not in Central Park. It's in Washington. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, you, you walk past old brick and concrete Um, when of necessarily gets quite as such a degree of in other places. Like two of my favorite places that I've gotten to go um, in my life are Krakow and Prague. And uh, Prague is an interesting city because we, it never got touched by World War II. Um, there was a big uh, 
there was actually a point made by yeah. the Axis forces to not fuck with Prague because it was seen as being such a beautiful city that they weren't going to touch it. Um, and that is wow. very evident when you go there because the roadways are super fucking narrow. You could never fit a car mm. through that shit. No. Um, and you'll actually experience tried and true foot traffic walking through it in which you are shoulder to shoulder with everybody uh, because there's just not enough laneway for you to walk through. Um, but you get very much so this entire, the whole city has this you know, 15th century vibe about it because like, that's when it was made and it hasn't yeah. been fucked with since yeah. Krakow, which got bombed in world war II uh, and got rebuilt in a lot of ways to accommodate, um, you know, cars and just mm. larger modes of transportation. They still ended up trying to maintain the architectural style. That was the city in at least the downtown area or the, old town area. So as you walk around the old town, you'll get buildings that were made in, you know, the 13, 1400s. And then you'll get like a building that was made in like 1980s, but they preserved that style to try to make the city mm. flow a bit better. And New York never mm. was that because, you know, it got constructed in a kind of piecemealed over time. Uh, and as styles changed, the style of the architecture changed with it. You know, like you have very gothic buildings from the early 1900s, um, like, uh, oh God, I'm always so bad with fucking names. Um, not the, am I thinking of the Waldorf? No, what's, um, like, like the, like the churches, like Trinity church, um, St. John the divine. And then as you, as you come into like the 1940s and fifties, you get the art deco, you know, then you get you know, the very famous Chrysler building and, and you get the empire state building. And you then, know, you know, you, you get know the why, you know why buildings took the shape they did in the 30s and 40s. Tell me, Mitch. So there is this really cool story. So New York did have so there is some like regulations that are in place of like what buildings to code can be for the city. Um, the first one to be passed was passed in 1916. Um it was the zoning law of 1916. It was the first zoning law to ever be passed in, in the United States, actually. And eventually, once the United States government put in like a um, federal zoning law, they modeled it after New York's because of like how kind of groundbreaking for the time it was. And what the zoning law was to address was they, at that time, it was when they were first able to start to like utilize steel in a way to build skyscrapers like crazy. There's some building downtown. Uh, I think it's in the financial district, but they built it so tall and so blocky that it would block out sun from the street like all day. It just blocked the sun forever. So what the zoning order in, ordinance said that you had to, as you built up, you had to move the building away from the street to allow sunlight to go through. So that's why, like, when you look at the Chrysler building, you look, it kind of gets narrower and narrower to the top so that it can fit the zoning laws that New York City put in place so that the streets would continue to get sunlight. Just kind of like, it's just like a weird part of history that, like, it's, now you just look at it, it's just a building, and it just looks, and, and so many buildings, kind of, the Chrysler building, man, people were trying to build like that for a long time. That kind of was an architectural feat. For the, uh, for the 30s. 
Yeah, and and you know, even just the the fact that New York is a grid system was revolutionary at the time and was very poorly received when it was designed. Um because at the time that New York was uh planned out before they started really building but you know before they literally leveled all of the farmland and swamp that was there prior, um they proposed the idea of doing this grid system um city and at the time they were planning on doing that, there was the circular patterned cities that, uh, like Paris is circularly patterned. Um, and Boston is also much the same Boston being kind of modeled off of Paris. Um, and the grid system was seen as being too utilitarian and it'll never be beautiful. And it's a, it's just a bad idea and all this shit. Um, and now it's like the standard for building a city. So outside of it, not outside of people thinking like, oh, it's not going to look pretty. What was that the only argument against it? Because like, I don't know. It's it's tough to think about what like how 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 I would react to the idea of a grid system like with without thinking about New York City and how well it works. But like, I don't know. In my mind, who like doesn't know anything about city planning, right? That seems kind of like the starting points. <laughs> Like if I, you know, like, oh, we'll just lay it out in kind of rows and columns. And if that doesn't work, then we'll make changes. Um, well, is there any I, other you know, this like, is <laughs> this is coming like, you know, this happened at a time when when cities weren't built to be giant metro uh, metropolises like they are now where you have all these cars and you can only drive mm -hmm. one side of the road and. You know, we're trying to build this in the most intuitive way possible for you to find your way around. Uh, I was built at a time when it's like, you know, your city should represent something. And we're going to build a city. We're going to start with the main square of a city and then build out from that instead of starting in rows and columns and populating things as needed. Um, yeah. So I guess just the idea of what a city is, right? Like, what's the, you know, it was different, right? Like, what you function. think of is, yeah, what's the function of the city, right? You know, that's yeah. drastically. I mean, yeah, you can't well, so say a city. Did, I mean, so did, did New York is is New York the city that changed the way that people think about cities? Is it is it that fundamental of a of a of a change? Pretty much, yeah. And it's not it's not even just that. It's like do you guys um do you guys know anything about uh fucking what's his goddamn name robert moses no all right well that's a whole different conversation <laughs> but give, um, give us the cliff notes the cliff notes sure. is that there was this guy robert moses who was in oh man what do you even call it he at one point held i think something like 12 titles at the same time all within like the public planning and parks departments um and did so during the time of the great depression at which there was a lot of public funding being administered um, for public works projects to cities and what he ended up doing was uh because he was in new york city which new york was where fdr was the governor um you know there's uh, governor's island i think is where fdr's house was uh 
he had a lot of pull with FDR and secured like a crazy amount of funding for the projects he wanted to to um, lay down in New York. And because he had so many grand ideas, because he was the head of like like seriously like a dozen different departments, or at least a dozen different held a dozen dozen different titles, he had the most quote unquote shovel ready jobs and became a New York became nothing but a giant public's work project from the 1930s to like today. Additionally, he's the guy that convinced the United Nations to put their headquarters in New York because they wanted to put it in Philadelphia. Oh, and I, I, so I knew that. I knew New York wasn't the first choice. Wow, he's the guy who did that? He's that guy. Now, there's a lot of issues with Robert Moses. I'm not trying to say he was a good dude. He was probably a pretty bad dude. I'm pretty sure he's like a racist man. Um, which, <laughs> you know, white dude in the 30s. Can we be surprised? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But... It, it 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 really helped solidify this idea, good or bad, that New York is a work in progress forever in terms of how it is constructed. And I'm not sure we can say the same about any other city in the same way you can say it about New York. Obviously, every city goes through its upheavals and its changes in regards to how it is not necessarily laid out, but how it is interpreted. But I think well, that's what makes the New York City to be such a fascinating place. Think well, about the change that New York City has gone for, through since like 1970 to 2020. That's unbelievable. There's countless shows out there. We'll talk about New York. Times Square is not always Times Square, you know? Oh, no. No, man. The prostitutes and drugs and pimps all I, over the place it's i think a, the thing that's i think the thing that's really really interesting here though is that like when you're talking about like cities that are like you know on like a, a global scale or, or like have a have a global presence right where like people from around the world are kind of looking to them for kind of inspiration or or, or what have you um new york is like by far one of the the newest of those of those cities, right? I mean, like when you Josh, you were talking about Krakow and Prague before, right? I pulled up their, you know, kind of just to see kind of when they how old these cities are. Prague, Prague was founded in like the seventh century. Right? Krakow uh, was founded in like nine hundred or something like that. Um, you know, we're talking about really really old places that have a lot of history. Um, and have kind of been around for a long time, so I've had done a lot of stuff, maybe, or a lot of had time to make an impact, right? New York, on the other hand, was founded in the I don't even know. Josh, do you help me out here? When was the date when it act we actually? Um, uh, I'll look it up, but I'm going to guess around the 1700s is when it probably would have changed from being uh, New Amsterdam to New York. Uh. So it looks like so I I did a quick little search search roo here. It looks like uh late 1600s is when it like officially like became you know known as New York and kind of I mean it, it was not anything even close to what we know of as New York today but um even that that's that's hundreds of years after a lot of these other cities you know around the world that we think of as being you know cultural centers right were were founded so 
so New York became a cultural center, in my opinion, just because of how much immigration went through there through like the past. I was gonna say Ellis days. Island, big deal. Yeah, yeah, a huge deal. There's so many people came through there. I don't, I don't mind. No, my ancestors came through Phil, through Philadelphia, I believe. But I mean, if you trace a lot of people's ancestries, I guarantee you they came mm-hmm. to Ellis Island. Mm-hmm. You think about my, it. Yeah, my family did. Yep. Yeah, so, well, what does that say about New York, though? So. New York, while not as old as like Prague, and have like the time to like go through the changes that it's Prague went through. New York's like kind of mystique, its famousness may may come from just how many people have collectively settled down there from different parts of the world. It, like, it, what's the cliche? It's a melting pot. It's, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's probably why. So yeah, I mean, people from so many different areas, you can have, you know, you can go down like what other place in the world can you like, you know, go to, you know, little Italy, you go to Lombardi's, get a slice of pizza. And then literally you could take a taxi, you know, a taxi ride three blocks or not, maybe not three blocks, but and a town's right there and you're on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. Although there is, dist- you know, nowadays, actually, with cities. Now that I think about it, every city really but, has districts like that. But so, like, but how much of that is now though inspired by the districts, the different districts, and the different like you know cultures that you find in New York, right? Like, I mean, like, ob- like I think New York is not the only you know diverse city in the world. Like that's you know, um, but it's certainly one of you know one of the most diverse cities right in the in the world and it's in just the sheer size of it um i think you i think you i think you hit it perfectly mitch you know that's that's the identity of new york right is the that it's the culmination of the you know many identities from many different cultures from all over the world that have kind of all come together and formed the you know the identity of new york Right. You could go anywhere in the world and say New York City, and you can go to the middle of Africa, and some little kid will know what New York City is. For no, oh, yeah, I, 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 when when I traveled abroad, I would tell people I, you know, I am from, born and raised Jersey, but I would tell people I'm from New York because nobody knew where the fuck New Jersey was, and everybody knew where New York was, and it was close enough where I was just like, ah, oh, fuck it, like this is just gonna be easier. And the other sure. thing too is like I think not just like do they know where New York is to varying degrees, right? I they have some idea of like what New York's about, right? And like what New Yorkers are like, right? Whether it's a ridiculous caricature of the idea of a New Yorker or you know whatever, they have some idea of New York, you know. It's a global right. it's a global identity. In in large part due to like like we kind of said you know the constant different types of people and factions that that drive through but also the ability for for those groups to you know find their foothold in whatever part of the city that would lend itself to and to make a community out of that you know like the gay community in New York is one of the seminal parts of LGBTQIA plus history, 
You know, like everyone knows, you know, the the Stonewall riots. Like mm-hmm. like that happened because there there was at a very very difficult time for gay people in New York and you know uh uh I'm sort of right what I'm looking for like you know uh queer people and 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 gay people alike and and the LGBTQ plus scene in New York they were able to build a community even when it was at a very difficult time to do so and stand in unison together and be able to ultimately end up though through violence and force being inflicted to them not being inflicted um by them changed the course of their story and that started in large part at least in newspapers in large part in the city and it and it you know i think and that, and part of the strength cool. of that is that it was it was a, a colorful group too it wasn't just white mm. people like you got a lot of in san francisco at the time it was it was black people and Latino people or Latinx people because they were also there because New York was like that. You get black people coming down from Harlem. You get um, Hispanic people coming from the Bronx and Harlem and 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 Brooklyn and Hell's Kitchen, and you get white people who came from everywhere, and and <laughs> they 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 built a community there. Yeah, and and that's something that's a story that couldn't have happened. And at that time, couldn't have happened anywhere else, right? Like y- you wouldn't have found that uh, all of those pieces, right? The 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 kind of energy that you had in the city, the 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 incredibly diverse group of 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 people that you f- that you had, um, and just the ability to, like you're saying, kind of form these communities. Um, you know, was something that wasn't possible other places. Oh my God! And t- uh, another period of history. Talk about the Harlem Renaissance, man. Uh, north of 135th Street, mm. from the 20s to the 40s, another key part of cultural history for America in the past hundred years. And it took place in what city? In New York City. Like yeah. it's, it's like the common backdrop. So many just cultural. Um, you know, I want to say revolutions, but it sounds a little bit dramatic. Just cultural movements, and it and it's partly. I don't, is it because of the layout? Is it because of the grid? Does it, I don't know. Is, is it a stretch? Is it because it's so easy to get from point A to point B in the city? Not necessarily by car, but by like train. I don't know. Well, I think you know. I well, think. Go ahead, Josh. No, I I was going to say I I think one of the reasons it was allowed to happen is that. I think New York is full of the best of us and the worst of us in that the way it's laid out also makes things like redlining really fucking easy. You know, you can draw such literal actual box redlined boxes to lump all your black people in to get the fuck away from your white people. And I think that actually, I'm not trying to say it's it's a positive thing because it's obviously not, but I think that uh, having though these groups of people all joined together and building strong connections with each other led to some ultimately good outcomes it led to a very strong jewish population in the bronx it led to a very strong black population in harlem and there are cultural benefits that came out of that even though they were born out of terrible situations and racism and hatred 
I I want to show you guys something. If you you know, I can't get it to come up on my computer now. You guys go to the New York Times out the census results in 2010 and released a map that communicated a couple different statistics. And Josh, it illustrates your point to a T, dude. You can literally draw a line right through neighborhoods and see racial distinctions very, very clearly. Oh, for sure. And it's it's actually it's actually scary how how defined they are. Like it's not even like oh it fades between colors. No, it's like white on one side, black on the other side. Yeah. It's it's so it's another reason why I think it's kind of always like it's almost like a microcosm for like the rest of the nation in, in a way when you look at it from certain aspects. You know, problems that the city has at a city level or problems that the whole nation's had at a nation level. Right. Well, that's why it, it, it's it's not uncommon to hear how being the mayor of New York is the second hardest job in the country right behind president because you have a sprawling city mm-hmm. that has local problems that have global implications. Um, mm-hmm. And that's part of what makes it such a unique city. And again, it is what makes it such a unique place is how diverse and communal it can be with the exact opposite also being a ra- like the stonewall riots never would have occurred if the nypd wasn't a bunch of racist homophobic fucks that they still are today you know what i mean like th- there is such opposition to everyone in new york by other people who are also in new york that you end up getting um a lot of unrest that has its own set of benefits in terms of progress but is still born out of shit you know well i think you know i think to sum it up you know it it i think new york really well represents both you know america at its best right like the like the idea that you can have you know all this incredibly diverse group of people from all around the world all come together and and make beautiful art and 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 make amazing strides you know in in terms of you know human civil civil rights and, and all these great things at the same time it also represents you know america at its worst right you know we, you know we're talking about you know segregating off you know different communities and and unfair uh policing policies and whatever right um but you know just it 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 is kind of the uh a quintessential right like american experience right that that anything is possible right you know both kind of good and bad um and and we've seen you know examples of of great good and great evil, you know, happen you know, sometimes, you know, on the same day in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 and I think, like, you know what's crazy? And I was thinking about this um, the other day. I think of New York when I think of the AIDS crisis. 
Like for some reason, my 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 mind goes to the city with that. Really? Yeah, I, I I you know, and maybe maybe it's the Keith Haring thing, you know, because I I love Keith Haring, and he has a a um, strong New York based uh, personality with it. Um, but there was, it felt like the two main cities you heard a lot about it when it came to the AIDS crisis with the eighties and nineties was New York and San Francisco. But even, even, even then, I, I mean, I'm for whatever reason, like if, if, if someone starts bringing, and I know the AIDS crisis affected the entire nation, um, and was, was, you know, literally global, but for whatever reason, my mind goes straight to New York with it. Um, because New of York, how New York strong club I think scene was crazy, right? Your club scene was awesome back in the day. That's, that's probably why all the AIDS went around there. Same thing with San Francisco too. Well, that and they had they had very strong uh, gay populations as well. There, there were both those cities had had large um, uh, LGBTQ plus populations mm-hmm. and strong drug use. Um, that yeah, often dude, overlap those a lot. two things together. Oh, dude, it's terrible. It's poor people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. If, you, if 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 um, when I think of like the uh, the uh, crack epidemic, I think of New York too. Yeah, I, you know, I think of I think of L.A. when I think of the crack epidemic. It just I think because I always like associate it with the L.A. riots. I always look at look at like the L.A. riots as kind of like the culmination, of the crack epidemic. But I mean, Josh, I think I you know I think you're. What you're getting at here is, you know, really all of anything, you know, most major, you know, events in American history that have affected America in some way, in one, some way, shape or form have also, you know, very much so affected New York, New York City. Um, and a lot of times have kind of started in New York City or, 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 you know, New York because of how many people are there and because of just how much goes on in the city just becomes a center. I mean, look at COVID for example, right? I mean, just because of how the sheer number of people coming in and out of the city and the amount of, uh, just travel that happens, you know, in and around that area. Um, it becomes, uh, a, uh, a hotbed for, for all kinds of stuff to be transmitted, be that creative ideas or infectious diseases, you know? Well, I I think for me it's the idea that local again like local news there is a national deal. Whatever happens there even though it's you know in theory no different than anything happening in whatever town you live in because it's a place where people live it is different sure. yeah. for a litany of reasons and that therefore makes it global news. You know, I bet yeah. there was a bunch of small towns that were having problems with AIDS and crack, respectively, in the 80s mm-hmm. and 90s. But it was so much more of a thing in our major metropolitan areas, especially places like New York, where both were put on strong display. And that made it mm-hmm. global. And for whatever reason, that sinks into my mind, especially. Um, and I think it even goes into into other things like when I think when I hear folk music, I think New York. Because of the folk music revolution in the, in the 60s and 50s, you know, like Bob Dylan plays Bob Dylan, who is a Jewish dude from like Minnesota. I everyone associates with New York because that's where he got famous. Sure. 
Um, and the reason he got famous there was there. because there was a big folk scene in New York and folk yeah. music, which is not city music. One would, I think, probably say, but, but it got big yeah, there yeah. and then it got big That's everywhere. Speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And then you can look at the beats too that came out of the fifties and sixties, which was kind of the beat movement was like the precursor to the hippie movement. So when you look at counterculture, um, Bob Dylan being a part of that, what was that poet that he always, um, Jack Haraway, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Jack Kerouac. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he was pretty influential. He's from New York too, wasn't he? I believe so. Allen Ginsberg. Yeah, another one. And those are all very talented people. A lot of good stuff. It's just, it's a. I honestly, I'm just fortunate. I've grow. I've, you know, some things in life are like you become like blind to how bright they really are because you kind of be de desensitized to it. I feel like for me personally, New York is one of them. If I'm like some dude that grew up like in the middle of Wisconsin, ever even sniffed the East Coast, the first time he sees New York City, it's probably like something he's never ever seen before. I, I wouldn't. I don't know how. I, I, I can't identify with that now because I've just seen it so many times. Well, and the hard part about it is that if you were to go for the first time, you're going to go to all the places that I think anyone who spends significant time in New York would tell you are the worst places to go. Times like, Square. You know, you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, as much as I also loathe New York City and really do not like it, eat or New York City. I'm sorry. Excuse me. As much as I really don't like Times Square, um, it's better than it was. So, like, it's just not the first place I'd recommend to go visit, just because it, all it is is just hordes of people and bright lights. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's not that's not the that's not the feel of new york that's not the culture of new york no if the, one of the one of the defining yeah. features is the advertisements no place worth going has a defining feature of advertisements <laughs> yeah yeah you, you got to go just check out the billboards north. man <laughs> who would who would think that's a good idea oh gosh it's really big and really shiny yeah but like any literally anywhere else in the city is better than that I know, I know, like literally almost anywhere else. Well, I mean, I don't want to say anywhere. There's, I'm sure there's some neighborhoods over in the South Bronx that I wouldn't want to be venturing into. Um, I'm sure there's some neighborhoods in Queens and Brooklyn that I would want, not want to venture into. Uh, you probably have a more notable experience. <laughs> notable for good or bad reasons, we don't know. I, 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 like, I, yeah, I'm not saying one way or the other, but I, it would be probably a better story. Would be it absolutely would be, um, and you know, and geez, yeah, it's a yeah. I just I would not. It's a shame that that's what people's perspective of the city is if they come if they go visit there. Your friend in Poland did not experience New York City at all. Nah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that guy. If guy from Poland is this is the second time you've called somebody out on the podcast, Josh. I just wanted to just let you know. You remember that there was some guy that you said to fuck off earlier. Yeah, I don't remember, but uh, Marcus, if you're listening to this, eat a dick. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I think you calling people out, that should be a, be a thing now. I want you to call out one random person. Eventually. Every week. Every week. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Anyway, as you were uh, saying, I'm sorry. Well, I, no, I, wanted, to ask, I wanted to ask you this, because um, I guess, well, man, it must have been two years ago now that I was in L.A. Um what is what is your guys' perception? Because I think New York and LA, because of the coastal things, get compared a lot. Uh, and I don't know if either of you guys have actually been there, but what is your perception of 
LA versus New York um, in terms of let's go with how you Im- uh, experience the city as well as even a little bit of like what architecturally stands out to you about LA versus New York since we kind of let off our discussion with that. Never been there. So I've also never been there. I will say my initial thoughts of like when like when you said when you when I think of LA, um, like I, I architecture isn't something like I don't think of buildings. Like I think of like like beach. Yeah, like the beach. The beach. I want. I want. Like, I don't think of buildings to be on a shirt. Like I, it's 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 weird. It's hard. Like I think of. Well, I think of like. the hollywood sign where my knowledge and associations with la oh, that's and so, that's start so and, and yeah like i that's i really it's it's weird. like i i almost have like uh i think of like a you know like a 1940s like golden age of of film whatever like people are driving like old-timey cars and shit and like going to like mo- big movie like studios and shit that's what I think of LA. Like, that's what I think of. Like, that's like my uh, imagination of LA, which I know is wrong. I know that's absolutely not, not, not what it must be like, but that's what I think it's like. <laughs> I, that's so I was only there for like a little less than a week. So I am obviously no Los Angeles expert, but I cannot emphasize enough how much I hated that city. Really? Um, yeah, I remember man, you saying this. I remember you saying this. Yeah, it's it's a fucking weird place, especially because I I think I got it compared to too much too much to New York for me that I started to build a comparison to it in my mind where they were going to mm. have some similarities that just don't exist because it's because the juxtaposition between the two is it's absolutely fucking bizarre, like. You can't really walk anywhere. And while you can walk place, like while there might be some places in New York that you don't want to walk to because it's like mildly too far. And it's like, hey, like there's a train that goes there. And like, let's just take the the four. Um, You don't necessarily there's nothing keeping you from doing it. But like even just to visit a couple of the touristy spots while I was there, they were miles, miles and miles apart. Like there was no conceivable way you could do it without driving and then even when we did walk there was like no one on the road i remember going from uh the la brea tar pits to i forget where we were going but it was some other stop and we walked through uh i think we were walked through like little ethiopia and there was like a, a you know 
we walked past a, a, what's, what, what I would think would be a heavily populated area at like one o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. Fucking dead. Fucking dead. It's so weird. It's so weird to be around nothing in a city. Like, because did, did, you when, that, did you go to that pier? Did you go to that pier with like the Ferris wheel and the roller coaster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's that? Santa How Monica Pier? How is that? Oh, it's fucking ass. It's the worst. Well, what's the, okay, so <laughs> because, I want to know about because that what's experience. weird. What's weird about it is that like for the the three or four blocks leading up to it, again, there's like nobody anywhere. There's cars on the road, but there's nobody visible. And then you get within like one or two blocks of it. And then it's like everybody in the city of LA is all here. <laughs> and, and they're just like, they're all on the pier at the same time. Everyone's coming and going and yet the density doesn't change, which that I'm used to, but it's like inconvenient to hang out there. It reminded yeah. me of being in Prague with the really tight walkways, but with way less interesting shit going on. Because in Prague, it's like, hey, look at this 14th century clock. And with LA, it's like, hey, look at that Ferris wheel. Yeah. I have no good counter argument because I've never been to Los Angeles. And I don't have a very good perspective of it either from what I hear. Just traffic and, and just like, like, I, I like feel the like, beach sounds nice. I feel like I, w- I wonder if that's why maybe, maybe, I mean, obviously I've never been there. So that's probably a a huge reason why I it's tough for me to develop you know a sense of an identity for the city. But like if you're not if 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 the city's not conducive to walking, right? And you're and you can't really walk around the city and experience it on foot. It's kind of hard to we're spoiled guys. New York is the most walkable city in the country. I don't think there's a city but, more walkable. But so but is so there? not even but so not even just that like I mean like so I mean I've been I've been abroad, right? I've been to cities like I was I've been to Beijing, I've been to Shanghai, I've been to Seoul. Um Yeah, and, what is that like? And like there are there's people in the city, right? I mean, obviously I think there there are more New New York-y feeling areas in those cities, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they were, you know, inspired by, you know, their grid system and, and things like that. And so It's it's tough to make an apples to apples comparison, I think. But like, you know, the the city, you know, the, each of those three cities had a unique feel, right, and had an identity, and like could kind of get a vibe from even just being there for you know a handful of days or a week or whatever. Um, like Josh, you're saying you were there for like a week, like did a bunch of stuff, like even did walk around a little bit, and like not only did you not like it, but like it didn't really have a a vibe right like it didn't really have no and and i i think i think there's a few components to it i think part of it is i can't tell you what the architecture is like Mm -hmm. like i can i'm not good with architecture and i'm not trying to pretend like i really am but Mm -hmm. i can tell you how in in at least in my mind whether it's right or not shit changes as you move, you know, if you go like downtown to uptown in Manhattan or you can describe the or it, yeah. like whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know. And I spent like some, some time there. It, it's just like, it was like if the main street of the small town I grew up in went on forever. It was very strange. And the other part mm-hmm. of it is if you go to see um, 
like the bull statue on Wall Street, which is a thing a lot of tourists will do. <clears throat> it's nice because that's a tourist spot. You know, you know, it, you're you're going to go see a, a thing, an art installation that everybody who comes to New York goes down to go see. Maybe you'll take the ferry over or some shit. You know, have yourself a nice little time in Staten Island, I guess. Um, said no one ever. But what's interesting about doing that is that. You're also at a place where real people in the city are. Like the people who are walking around the bull statue in uh, in on Wall Street, they're going to work. Are probably tourists. Yeah, but they're also like, yeah, they're going to work. Like yeah, they're coming yeah. back from work, they're going to a meeting, they're going home, they're doing something. You know, they're just New Yorkers same, going to work. And same thing with Times Square, even though it sucks, yeah. like you have to depending on where you are in the city, you might have to go through Times Square as your mm -hmm. shortest route to get to Penn station or to mm. get to grand central, depending on sure. where you're going from. And so even though there's way more, that's a way more touristy spot. And a lot of real New Yorkers will just avoid times square at all costs because it's just no fun to be there. And it's in fact, hell um, you'll still probably get people who are just like going and doing their thing. And at least with the spots that I visited in LA, I could tell everybody around me was also a tourist. Everybody around me was doing what I was doing. Yeah. And really? it makes it almost feel more like a theme park than it does a city. And that's fucking weird. Like, Matt, even when we went to Kansas City together, even when we were standing yeah. in line at Arthur Bryant's, yeah. we, I, dude, you and I knew that half yeah. the people in there were also tourists like us, and the other half were just people who were getting sandwiches. Yeah, totally. And like, just in those few days that we were there, granted, we didn't see a lot of, this, of the city because we spent a lot of the time to baseball games um but like and the rain but like it had a vibe like it had a like it had a you know i got a feel of a, a taste of what kansas city was like right you know and it was different than like you know other places i had been right you know so strong shout outs to kansas city yeah, it was a, it was a cool place, you know. Um, Loved Kansas City, but uh, you know what city was like that? Denver was kind of like that for me. You had to drive everywhere in that city too. I visited really? there. Yep, yep. If it like if you didn't I if don't... we if we didn't rent a car, you wouldn't be able to go anywhere. Josh, didn't you when you went to Colorado? So did you go to Boulder or was it? I went. I went to Boulder. You said which... Boulder was kind of a boring. Like it wasn't really a a city either right like it was kind of boulder is so and I, I maybe it's like a i don't know if you classify boulder as the midwest or not but uh maybe it's just a central kind of thing but it was so weird i remember walking to my friend's house i was going to go visit um it was like two or three o'clock in the morning and i was at a crosswalk and there was nobody, there was no cars on the road, like nothing, you know, it was dead. It was three yeah, o'clock yeah, yeah. in the morning. There was nothing happening. Oh, which speaking of which was another weird part about LA. Everything seemed to close at 6 PM. Like it was a normal shop instead of a major city. Weird. Anyway. Um, and there was a guy, there was a guy waiting for the light to change, to walk across the street, the same street I was walking across. And so I stopped because I'm like, is there like a cop here? Like, is Jay walking a thing here? And I look yeah. around and there's nothing. This guy is just standing on a street corner at three o'clock in the morning waiting for the mm. light to change. And so yeah. I walk because I'm like not trying to fucking waste my goddamn time. 
Yeah. And I, and I look back and I see him like look both ways and like nervously look and then start jaywalking too. And I'm like, what? Where are you? Because it Dude. feels like you and I are in different cities. Dude, I'm te- so I, first of all, I agree with you. That's fucking strange. That guy can go fuck himself if he's listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, fuck but- that guy. Fuck that guy. But dude, I really so I really think that, that it's because you you weren't on the East Coast. I think like Jay like like Northeast. Ca- like the Northeast. Yeah, you weren't you were outside of the Northeast. The casual jaywalking, right? When like it's like just makes sense to like there's no one coming, right? And like I need to get across the street. Like isn't a thing outside of the Northeast. Like I, I experienced a similar thing when I went to uh For me, it was Ohio. For me, it was Ohio. I experienced that. Ohio, I, that's where, I think that. that's where I was in Cleveland. It, it must have been in Cleveland then. Um, yeah, I was in. I was in Columbus. Great city. If you guys have, have you been to Columbus, Mattori? I've never been to Columbus. No, I've been to Toledo and I've been to Cleveland. I've never been to. Columbus. I would recommend. How about you, Josh? Have you ever been to Columbus? No, I've only been to Cleveland. Yep, I'd recommend going to Columbus. It's good. Good city. Catch Columbus- Blue Jackets game. Columbus is oh, in the yeah. center of the center of the state, or is it out west? Yeah. Yeah, it's in the center of the state, and yo, actually, Josh, Cincinnati's in the west. Okay, they have this sweet like AAA ballpark, like right in downtown Columbus. So, like, talk about shit that you can like walk to. It's like literally like right in the heart of like the financial district kind of area of of the city. So, like, you can just like go out to dinner and then just like walk right to the game, and it's a beautiful ballpark too. Oh, I bet Ohio is a very proud tradition of baseball. Uh, Cincinnati is uh, the Cincinnati Reds are the first professional baseball team, um, and host a parade every day, every year for opening day in the MLB season. Every I, day, every day, man, <laughs> parade baseball parade every day as every we all single day. Um, yeah, you know it, it's funny about the jaywalking thing though. For my like, my buddy who lives in LA, shout outs to Pete. Um, he tried doing that in LA and he when I went to go visit him he was like don't jaywalk and I was like why are there a lot of cops and he goes no he's like I have been almost hit so many times because no one in LA gives a fuck about lights or stop signs or anything that it's just not worth it and I was like really I, uh, yeah I survived with my, 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 that was my reaction I was like you fucking serious I thought he was just being dramatic he was like no he was like man like I have been hit Almost hit so many times because just no one gives a shit. And that's the other part about it that's weird is like if you're driving in New York, you have to be conscious of the pedestrians. It is a pedestrian run city. And that's fine as long as you mentally are aware of that um, and have the understanding that usually the people who are jaywalking are doing it smart. And if they're starting to walk and you're driving pretty quick, they are planning on walking behind you. You're good. Just keep going. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. that's not LA. LA is a car first city from, yeah. <laughs> from how it's been described to me and mm-hmm. they will hit you. <laughs> well, you actually, you know what? You actually make a really good, interesting point about it being car first, pedestrian first, because I think New York might be the only city that like is truly pedestrian run because even in those places where I was talking about before, like where, so I think I think Seoul was probably the city that I was in that felt the most like New York 
in terms of like size, scope, feel, just like sheer magnitude of city. Um, but it was the same thing. Like you don't jaywalk there because like you'll just get run over. Um, I get the traffic laws are different in Korea and China than they are in U.S. Um, but like, I think what you're describing about L.A. being like a car first, you know, place, that's probably true of, of most of most cities, right? I I I guess, yeah. I mean, the, way the roads have developed here, right? I mean, at least, at least to the point where, like, because you're you're totally right. In New York, like, there's almost like this unspoken just understanding where, like, to someone to an outside observer, right, it might look like chaos. It might look like you're watching, you know, driving in like India. I don't know if you guys ever watched those like driving in India videos on YouTube, um, <laughs> but like it all works, and like you're right, the people. Like real New Yorkers are who are, you know, jaywalking or whatever, like they're paying attention. They know where they're going, right? They're not about to walk into a, a truck. Um, and everyone just needs everyone's all on the same page, so it works. You know. That page happens to be that like pedestrians just happen to walk out on the street sometimes. But like it's an understood thing there. Um and what Pete's saying is like, hey, man, in L.A., it's just not an understood thing here. Like, if you walk out in the middle of the road, people don't know how to deal with that. They'll just run you over, <laughs> you know. Well, and I, I think that being on the same page thing is part of one of the things I love about the city and I think kind of radiates out from it is that people understand that you have a place to be because they have a place to be and everyone acts accordingly. Everyone understands that guy's got their own shit going on. I'm not fucking talking to him because he's got his own shit. And I got my own shit. And, and we are going to mutually understand that the only time we're going to interact is if it's absolutely necessary. I'm not going to walk slow or at least I'm not going to be intrusive in how I occupy the space on the sidewalk because I know other people around me have other shit going on in their own time and got to be at their own places. And it's that what, conscious, yeah. You know what I mean? It's 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 like that consciousness of being on the same, operating on the same wavelength. Even if mm -hmm. you don't give a fuck about anybody around you, because most people in New York don't, you oh. understand there's a difference between trying to sympathize or empathize everybody around you and, and act accordingly versus understanding that people's own self interests are guiding them no matter what, and you can either be in the way or out of the way. Yeah. What about when people don't are walking and navigating the city and they don't understand that agreement? I assume that they're tourists. Oh my god! Well, you probably would assume correctly, but and it's it's interesting to see how it affects the flow of tra of just traffics of people. It's always it's it's I get an amusement out of it, honestly, to tell you the truth. It's funny to watch them. They like they're confused. I think oh, we're yeah, very my, my, we're my, very fast paced up here. And, that, and that's my favorite part about uh, intersections in Manhattan is that you can definitely tell who is here for the first time. Oh my god! <laughs> they, yes. They're looking both way. They're looking both ways down a one-way street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
yeah that yeah that's the best and you can go yeah. you go right down times square and that's where you find them all man that's where you yeah. find them all <laughs> oh god yeah um man there we uh i don't know guys do, you, do we have any uh any other major points that we'd like to make before we kind of uh skedaddle I, I think I'm good. I think we touched all the base bases. I think I want to travel and see more cities is what this conversation has made me want to do. Oh, I'm definitely a city traveler. I'm not much a, mm -hmm. a rural traveler. Very cool. How about you, Matt? I'm the same way as Josh. I think, I mean, you said it earlier, Mitch, that like we're definitely spoiled with New York being kind of our benchmark of like, you know, the first like city that we were really kind of exposed to growing up and, kind of it being the standard um but uh but yeah exploring new cities and kind of figuring out what makes them tick and kind of what gives them their own vibe is is always a fun thing yeah especially um especially it's always great when you can claim um so many great musicians as people who also like music um which is a part we didn't get too in depth into but like we can claim the literal actual birth of hip hop, which is such a fun thing to be able to do. Um, RIP MF Doom, shouting that out. Um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, yeah, announcing his death in the most possible Doom way. Like, three I, months I know, man. two months after he, he died, he, man. Yeah, two months after he died, like, through a family member. That guy was a legend. God, I fucking love Doom. Um, <laughs> anyway, maybe we'll. We'll talk about something like that on a later episode. But uh, Mitch, you took us in. You want to take us out? Yeah, as always. Um, actually, no, I don't because I don't know any of the taglines. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, you I got can it. take care of that part. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Um, first, actually, first, a, uh, a plug. We're getting ready for Oscar season um, as we approach it. Uh, which I think we might have mentioned last week, or I might have mentioned last week. So check out uh, the movies podcast that, that I host, Juicing the Big Screen, um, where uh, we just talked about Tenet last week. We're talking about Soul this week, and we're getting more Oscars picks as the uh, the uh, award ceremony rapidly approaches. So check that shit out. If you have any questions or comments on this show, you can hit us up um, via our Twitter account at YCBSPod on Twitter. Um, we have a Twitter account. The president doesn't, but we do. Uh, and if you want to hit us up via email, <laughs> you can hit us up uh, at gmail at ycbs at gmail.com. That is ycbspod at gmail.com. And uh, that's the show for this week. And uh, until next Friday, y'all have a good one. Take care. Woo!